0: Hey folks, Pastor Phil here. We're into our series of character. Character speaking louder than words. Your character is who you really are. It will impact how much you accomplish in this life. It will determine whether or not you're worth knowing. It will make or break every one of your relationships. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God regardless of personal cost. Folks, we need a strategy for character development. Prophetically, God is saying the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. I honestly believe that this message is for now. God is reviving us to the nature of who he is, godly character. The world wants to see us with that character. We need to have it on the inside. Bless you with this message. This message is called Louder Than Words. It's character. And uh, it's called, it's about character. And so I want to just preempt a couple of things uh, from the previous messages. I didn't know this, but Julie just told me this last night. Wow. That there is a reviving, a revival of prayer, the Word, and character. I didn't know this. But character is one of the things that God is reinstituting back into the church. In America, they're a, lot of, a long way down the line than us. We're still living in Pleasantsville in Australia. America's really in a, in a, in a, in a real situation. They're on the brink of this and that. I won't go into it to spoil your lunch. Um, and the church is desperate. The church has been burdened with, with, a, with a gift of intercession. And and the intercessors and the apostles and prophets are beginning to pray like never before. And they're declaring and decreeing back to the church, it's time to pray like never before. And they're asking America to return back to their constitution, back to their founding fathers, but back to their God, because things are desperate in there. So Lord, this message, I I pray that we'd be able to just disclose it and, and and. Lord, let it be imparted to the people this morning in a powerful and wonderful way. May it change your life. So we're on track, guys. Lord's reviving prayer, the word, and character. Let's have a look at this. Your character is who you truly are. And I said things like this. It will impact how much you accomplish in this life. It will determine whether or not you're worth knowing. And next, another statement it will make or break every one of your relationships now the, the, the statement that I'm going to keep saying is character is the will to do what is right can you see that I'll just turn that thank you Tim Tim's doing a great job character is the will to do what is right as defined by God regardless of personal cost powerful statements Your character is instrumental in establishing how long you will be able to hold on to the fortune afforded you by hard work or good luck. Your character is the eternal script that will determine your response to failure, success, mistreatment and pain. Did you notice in NZ the response of character to the situation was to rip people off? But the response of character in general and mostly, 99% was to help. I love the, I love the, the picture of, of the old man standing in his driveway and he's got like mud in his driveway like this and young people shoveling the mud out. There's about a dozen young people with character. And, and the old man's going, man, I, I just can't believe this, that these young people would do this. And that was that story was repeated over and over again. See what character does it respond? And then you got the other response of, of violence in the homes. What's that? That's that's just character. They can't handle the stress. They can't handle what they're going through. And especially men, they snap and they get angry. That's what happens at Christmas time. Men get really You Notice that, ladies, because they're under pressure to to produce money and. To make it work, to make the Christmas break work. It's unfortunate, but I'm making a point there that character allows you at the end of the day to respond to trials of life and to stuff of life. Is that good? It reaches into every single facet of your life. It is more far-reaching than your talent, your education, your background, or your network of friends. Those things can open doors for you, but your character will determine what happens once you pass through those doors. Your good looks. And, and men, people look great this morning, by the way. I love how some of you people are dressing and, um, and uh, just love it. And uh, there's a couple of people uh, that I was noticing that just are saying to me, you're in revival. You know, when you want to dress up for the king and come to the king's house, I believe that's one of the signs that you understand you are royalty. One of the things that we've got to understand is that when you got saved, you were given dignity. And you don't have to hang your head, but you can get around with a sense of dignity that you're made in the image of God. Is that cool? It's a little grooming lesson. (laughs) Your good looks and net worth may get you married. Your character will keep you married. Your God-given reproductive system may enable you to produce children. Your character will determine your ability to relate to and communicate with those children. Also, we talked about change, and we talked about that lifelong process that began when you were born in change. It's taking place within you. The raw materials of your soul, your personality, your nature, who you are, are being moulded and shaped and fashioned by the world, by MTV and... And by the world, by your friends who are or by God and His Word and by the Holy Spirit. We're being fashioned by God and His Word and by the power of His Spirit inside us. Is that good? It's happening. You're either growing or disintegrating. Your, your character is diminished or stagnant or it's growing in God. You're becoming more beautiful on the inside. Do you know what i Do you know what I'm saying? A beauty can be had. From the inside. So God wants us to connect with him for character development. He says it like this in his word. Romans 8.29. You're right with the word now? Let's go. Romans 8.29. God is so wanting to connect with you, to beautify you on the inside, to groom you, to fashion you, but to help you, to cleanse you, to sanctify you. And you just got to get with the program. You just got to get with the program. Through the Word of God. Remember, I said, God's saying He's doing this. He's reviving people in the Word. The Word will change you. The Word will resurrect you and restore you and revive you and put you on the, on the fast lane of change and, and getting empowered. And, and prayer. Prayer is the, the key issue of life. Find some way, somehow, to pray. And the other thing is this if you pray in the shower, just use all the hot water. And pray in that shower. You know what I'm saying? If you pray on the beach, go to the beach. If you pray in a closet, go to the closet. But pray. You've got to develop that internal communion with God. Okay, Romans 8.29. For those God foreknew, that's you, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. Who's His Son? 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? What can be against us? What can be against us to change and be Christ-like? Help me, what, what, can, what can be against us? I mean, I know some people who had a lot of stuff against them, but when they got saved, they were able to kick down those, those idols and kick down those things that were holding them bound. Even drugs, even hard drugs, even swearing, pornography, whatever, whatever those things can come down in Jesus' name because if God is for you, who can be against you? What can be against you? I think God is absolutely for you. We have an amazing opportunity to be Christ-like. Say Christ-like. In our character, in our attitude, in our in our whole walk of life, in our whole demeanor, to be Christ-like. And I think that's what the world's waiting for. I think the, way, the world's waiting to see you look Christ-like before you give them Christ with your words. Is that... Simply put, the creator of the universe plans to be intimately involved in the process of moving your character in a positive direction. He has an agenda for your inner man, your character, that part of you that will share eternity with him, that part of you that more than... Any other determines who you really are. Conclusion, we need a strategy for character development. Now, um, we watched some great DVDs and the Apostle said it's, it's begun. The great awakening has begun. The move of God is on. That's what we're feeling here this morning. That's the spirit that you're feeling right now. We tapped into it years ago and we rode it out as far as we could and, and then diminished And then we just went back to building church and doing church the best way we knew. But I'm saying this, a lot of churches are struggling just by doing good church. We need a move of God. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the river flowing into this place, which is the kingdom of God. It's an awakening. But then there's reformation, which means reformation is you being reformed. You being transformed. You being changed on the inside your character who you are your your life your finances oh, it starts to be rearranged how you think who your personality is your personality but even that it starts to become more godlike christlike and so reformation is about our church becoming more like a place which god would be honored with that he would take pleasure in it it says our, our community becomes more more vigorous. It, it be, I mean, it becomes more aligned to God because the church is beginning to take this into their, into their heart of hearts and, and it's flowing. The kingdom is beginning to flow out through their character and into the peoples of this land. It's a powerful thing, guys. Just one of us can make a difference in our street, in your community, who's got this kingdom kingdom power, but kingdom reformation happening in our life. God is wanting the church to be reformed on the inside. And we can get blessed, we can get anointed, but the Bible says it over and over again that our body belongs to God and we've got to honor God with our body and we've got to be a representative for God And we are now on display, re-representing God, wherever we go. Conclusion, we need a strategy for character development. Every day we deal with a fallen world telling us all sorts of mistruths and misconceptions. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says it like this. Every day you're dealing with lies. Every day you're dealing with misconceptions. Every day you're dealing with the philosophies of man, vain imaginations, fairy tales. Every day. It's whether you believe it or not. 2 Corinthians 10.3. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 10.3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish. That means cast down arguments and every pretension. That means vain imaginations that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, against the kingdom of your godly character. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Every day we go head to head with a major strategist, with an expert strategist that's trying to pull you apart, that's trying to defame you of who you are in God. So people can say, you're not a Christian. Who do you think you are? Look at you. You swear and cuss and you just lost your temper. And But that's the enemy who's trying to trying to dismantle the blueprint, the fingerprint of God on our life. He's trying to say, you're just, you just represent something from the dust of the... I mean, just a chance of biological chance of of an explosion. And who do you think you are? You're not made in the image of God. You're just just like the animals of the world. No, you're not. You're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. You are royalty. Then we have this uh, scripture, Romans eight nineteen. This is talking about character. I believe it's focusing on character prophetically. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. You heard that one? Creation is groaning. It's in decay. Creation is is buckling. Creation is anguishing, waiting for the sons of God to arise in prayer and authority and take stock of things and take rulership over certain matters on the planet. Practically, pastorally saying, that is, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says it like this. You were brought at a price, therefore honor God with your body. And that's what I'm talking about. The bottom line is this. Why should we subscribe to godly character is this. It's based on two basic tenets of faith. Number one, God is the creator of all things. That is the first one. God is the creator of all things. You were made in the image of God. We said that. You were created to be like Christ. From the very beginning, God's plan has been to make you like His Son, His Son, Jesus. This is your destiny, and this is one of the strong purposes of God. If you read The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren, he will explain that as one of the chief purposes in your life. Out of the five purposes... The major five purposes of you being alive on planet Earth, one of them is to be more Christ-like. Wow. Genesis 1.26, Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Only human beings are created in the image of God. Nothing else. Understand that. God wants us to bear, He wants you to bear the image of His Son. He wants you to be Christ-like. The Bible says it like this in Ephesians 4.24. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. God wants you to become holy. He so does. Taking on His values, taking on His attitudes, taking on... His nature. The Bible says it like this in Ephesians 4.24. Who's enjoying the message interpretation? Who's enjoying those? Someone asked me, wow, I've never seen such uh, versions of like. But it's true. Eugene Patterson, a great theologian from Canada. And he says it like this, Ephesians 4.24. Take, he says it, take on an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct on God as God accurately reproduces His character in you. The second thing we base our character, and why should we subscribe to character? The second thing, what was the first thing? The first thing is God is the creator of all things. The second thing is you belong to Him. Number two you belong to him you owe it to him god's ultimate goal for our life on earth is not comfort but character development he wants you to grow up spiritually and become like christ romans 11:36 i'm just bombarding you with scripture right now can you feel it romans cuz something's going to shift something's going something's going to shift in in this in this session, Romans 11:36, for everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. It says that in the NLT. I'm using different versions. Proverbs 16:4: the Lord has made everything for His own purpose. We're born for a purpose. I'm going to get to that. Everything is made to give Him glory. Say, glory. Living in Him, living to give Him glory is one of our greatest achievements. It's one of your great achievements in life, in whatever you're doing and, ha- and, and what you do to give Him glory. That is a high achievement for your life. Isaiah 43, verse 7, anyone who's called by my name, whom, I'm, who, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This, guys, should be our supreme goal of life, to reveal his glory. Um, okay, so you see a bird up in the sky, soaring in all its glory. And you, you look up at it and you say, wow, look at that bird. In all, because it's doing what God intended it to do, to fly, to be high and lifted up, but to be flying just so gracefully, and it's caught on the thermal currents of the winds, and and in all it will its wings extended and you look up and you say, my God, look at that bird in all its glory. We're supposed to have the same deal happening in our life. We're supposed to live out our life in glory, giving Him glory. We're supposed to be doing what God's asked us to do, His purpose, His nature, His personality. The Christ-likeness is giving God the glory. Why are you like that? Why do you do that? Oh, because Jesus did it. Why, why are you so friendly? Oh, because Jesus is friendly. Why do you smile all the time? Because Jesus smiles. Why do you give all the time? Because God gave his one and only begotten Son, whoever should not perish, but have eternal life. Well, why do you pray? Because Jesus prayed. Why do you forgive that person? Because Jesus forgive. You know what I'm saying? Why do you do that stuff? Why don't you like us? Hold a grudge. Mark them off throw them out of the group. No, no. Now I'm giving God the glory for doing what he would do. Okay. How can I bring glory to God? Like Jesus said, like, like the word said in John 17, verse 4, I brought glory to you here on earth. I brought glory to you, God, here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. You guys doing the work of the Lord, serving whatever you do in the milk and honey and And uh, the worship team, the volunteers, all those people, you're giving glory to God, man. You're born to do that. You're actually born to do that. Jesus honored God by fulfilling His purpose on earth. We honor God the same way. When anything in creation fulfills its purpose, it brings glory to God. How can we bring glory? Number one, we bring God glory by worshiping Him. Romans 6.13 says it like this. So this morning, if you are worshipping, you're giving him the glory. Is that right? Who was lifting their hands? Who was in the spirit? Who's just given over to God? Just go, God, man, what's going on? Church is a bit different this morning. What's going down? Wow, God, this is great. I'm giving you the glory for that. Romans 6.13. Do not let any part of the body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So I want to make a point here. And this is where I blew out from my teaching. Was this, that, okay, God, I could go on about character, loyalty, faithfulness, and trustworthiness. But, man, what does it mean for, you know, in, in terms of, of a more spiritual nature? And then I got this word, glory. Glory, and so I had this huge revelation about how we how we honor God by our character by giving Him glory. So there's five of these. The first one was worship. Number two, we bring glory by loving other believers. Romans 15:7. Therefore, accept each other, just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given <laughs> glory when we're in harmony and unity together as a church. And and we got so much unity right now; it's amazing. I can't believe it. I, and I. Spoke to a couple of pastors from bigger churches and they're going through struggles. And I'm going, I've got none of that. I've got these great, beautiful people that are in harmony with each other, that love each other. I'm not, I'm not seeing any, any splits or division or dis, you know, dissension. I'm not seeing that. You can have a huge church, a thousand people, but the thing is rife with you know, stuff. But I see such health in this church. And guess what? We're giving God glory by doing that. Three, we bring God glory by becoming like Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18. As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. So the Holy... If you're born again, put up your hand if you're born again. If you're born again, you've got the Spirit inside you, guess what? It's busting to go to work, man. It hasn't got sleeves like mine. My sleeves are... Look at those sleeves. Eh? You like those? Huh? Eh? On special too. Come on. Um... But the Holy Spirit is onside you. And it's just saying, okay, where, where are we going to start? And the souls say, you're not going anywhere. You and your sanctified spirit and wanting to change him. He's good as, he's just good like he is. We've been getting long enough without you, who do you think you are coming in here and saying your God is the Lord of life and that you want to take over this young man and uh, you want to rearrange him and transform him and, Reform him into a a, a more more honourable, you know, creature in Christ. Who do you think? Yeah, no, you just stay there. And guess what? The Bible says, theologically, that will happen. Your spirit will remain boxed up and silent, like Paul and Silas in 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 the jail cell, just singing the praises of God. Wow, we're locked up, bound, but we're going to still praise to God. Your spirit will still do that, but your spirit wants to get out. And it wants to go into some of the rooms of your heart. It wants to rearrange your mind. It wants to transform your mind. Conform your mind to Christ. It wants to take hold of some of that ugly stuff and, and drop kick it. And you know, and, and it wants to bless you and rearrange you. And the Holy Ghost wants to put some scaffolding around you and put a little sign on you under construction. Amen? It happens to all of us, too, because we never arrive. Oh, did you see Pastor Phil? I think he's going through some construction, man. Did you just, over The way he's sharing and that, He, wow, I, I thought he had it all together. Oh, no, no, we didn't. No, he's not Jesus. Did you think that? Yeah, man, I thought he was so cool. Oh, no, he's got his struggles. He lost it on the F3. He said, told his last week. Forgot his jacket to a wedding and blamed his wife. Got upset, got narky. Oh, Pastor Phil? Oh, I thought he was a complete full deal job done. I thought he was bound for heaven. <laughs> we become, we give God the glory, we bring God the glory by becoming like Christ. Um, I did have a scripture, Philippians 1.11. Philippians 1.11. God is so wanting to commune with you people. He wants to commune with the church at large. I'm telling you, playing church is over, guys. Playing church is over. It's not working. It's not working, guys. Those youth on Friday night, they encountered the kingdom of God that was released through hungry people that were praying and believing for God to come into that meeting. Pastor Julie stood up and God was released. It will happen through you too. If you get desperate and get faith, our generation don't want a just a church that looks great. It wants the power of God. The baby boomers love church that look great. This stuff and some of our great sanctuaries. They're not signing off on that. They're signing off on real. They want, they want authenticity in you, in me, and in the church. I'm just having a little blowout here. So all right, I'm supposed to. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm trying to say we've got to get character. We've got to get character, guys. We've got to have the real deal character of a Christ-like, Christ-like attitude, Christ-like nature. A Christ-like anointing. Philippians 1.11 says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. The right? Did I say righteous character? Did I say that? The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory... Did I say glory? And praise to God. John fifteen eight. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory. Did I say glory? To my Father. Number four, we bring God glory by serving others with our gifts. 1 Peter 4.19 or 4.10. NLT version again. God has given each of you a gift from his. And this is for someone. This is for a lot of people in this church. And I'm going to speak it over you. We bring God glory by serving God with our gifts. Now, guys, listen to me. 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? I believe there's certain people in this house that have a gift of speaking. Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory. Did I say glory? To God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Five, we bring God glory by telling others about him. Those people working in the entrance high school, awesome, phenomenal, Twelve of your fellow students were saved on Friday night. Well done. You have given glory to God. We bring God glory by telling others about Him. God doesn't want His love and purposes kept a secret. Guess what? Once we know the truth, He expects us to share it with others. This is a great privilege. We know that. Introducing others to Jesus. Helping them discover their purposes, and preparing them for their eternal destiny. The Bible says it like this. Uh, Help me, 2 Corinthians 4, yeah, 4, 4 415. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more peoples, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Can you see that? I'm nearly done. C.S. Lewis has got this quote. With all that understanding and all that reasoning I just gave you, reasoning of this biblical character, reasoning of why we should subscribe to this character. He says in this quote, human beings all over the earth, have this curious idea that they ought to behave in a certain way and they can't really get rid of it. They can't really get rid of it. You know all this stuff of character, the loyalty, the faithfulness, the honesty? We want that in other people. Sometimes we don't subscribe to it ourselves, but we want it in other people. We we'll say, hey, that's not fair. But we've got to subscribe to all that stuff before we can expect it in our spouses or our friends or whoever. We got it. Now this character and its flesh nature and that uh, God's paid a great price for that. He hung on a cross, dealt with our sin, our flesh nature. You got to take that victory. You got to take it to your take it to your heart, take it to your flesh, and you got to allow Christ to deal with you and abolish and extinguish that ugly stuff, the flesh that wants to have its way. Christ, you paid for that. We honor you for the great price you paid. We don't have to be gnarky. We don't have to be ugly. We don't have to do that stuff. Lord, you paid an amazing price that I be set free. He says it's going to be like this in Matthew 16, 25, my last scripture. Matthew 16, 25 says it like this. Whoever wants to save or keep his life will lose it. If you keep that flesh, man, you're going to lose your life. It's going to be worth nothing. You're going to be defamed. You're going to lose jobs. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose friends. If you hang on to that stuff, that volatile stuff called the flesh... You're going to lose it. I'll say it again. For whoever wants to save or keep his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, for my sake, will find it. Let's stand. God bless you. Amen. The bottom line is this, that in order to become men and women of character, we must surrender to God's ownership. Let's lift up your hands to heaven right now. The bottom line is this, guys. to To become men and women of character, we must surrender to God's ownership based on these two tenets, God's sovereignty and his right to ownership, character can be defined in this way. Character is the will to do what is right, as defined by God, regardless of personal cost. I'll say it again. Character is the will to do what is right, as defined by God, regardless of personal cost. I'll say it again. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God regardless of personal cost Amen, Amen, Amen Father we stand in your presence and we ask that Lord God that you would reactivate the spirit of sanctification in my life that I may be changed on the inside out that I may be transformed, morphed into Christ's likeness, like a caterpillar, like into a butterfly. Lord, my colors will become radiant. The uniqueness of who I am and my character, my personality, I am unique, and Lord, I'm going to be transformed into Christ's likeness. So God, right now, I pray the Holy Spirit anoint you, bless you, revive you to be transformed reformed shaped, fashioned by the potter's hands and the anointing oil comes upon you right now, the anointing comes upon you and it says in Jeremiah that the father is the is the the potter and his beautiful hands are coming around your spiritual life molding you, shaping you on the potter's wheel. Some people have got a spout and when they try and pour the glory out or try and pour the, the Lord's word out or a testimony out, because they've got a crack in their spout, it, it splays, it, it, it goes everywhere. And they've lost confidence in sharing God. They've lost confidence in giving their gifts to the lord and serving with their gifts and talent the lord wants to refashion you your vessel you are a vessel of honor and i declare this morning that he's going to put a new spout where the glory can be poured out And you're going to be poured out with such eloquence such beauty such tranquility such peace such glory You're going to be poured out as a drink offering upon the hurt, the lonely, the lost. You're going to be poured out in Jesus' name. Let's sing, let's sing, let's sing, let's sing. sing, sing. 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 Thank you, Father. Perform your word, Lord. Perform your word in our hearts right now.